Hello, welcome to Blaze Pod. My name's Ben. It's Wednesday the 8th of May. Uh, I don't know if anybody's informed you of this, but the Blades are going up and this is the first bit of season review content uh, that we have planned over the next few weeks. Um, maybe months as well, to be honest. I want to make sure we you know, soak up a brilliant season as much as we possibly can. So yeah, we obviously the season finished a couple of days ago, had the parade in town yesterday. Great scenes at the ground on uh, on Sunday as well after the Stoke game at Bramall Lane itself. Um, and yeah, this is, uh, I guess, the Blades Pod Awards show. Me and Jay, Blades Analytic, we're going to go through our awards for the whole season. So obviously we've got our kind of standard player of the season awards as well, but we also basically touch on uh, things like best goal, best game, best and worst moments, uh, a couple of other more... Uh, I guess quirky awards as well, but um, yeah, this was a, a fun way for for us to kind of look back on uh, on the last eight or nine months of Sheffield United. It's definitely not the last time we'll be doing that in uh, in the next couple of weeks, as I say. But um, yeah, I hope uh, hope you enjoy this one. Uh, do let me know if you uh, completely disagree with some of our winners for these awards, or if there's someone else you feel very strongly should have been nominated or in the conversation. Uh, would definitely love to hear it. So. Um, yeah, you check me out uh, at BladesPod on Twitter, if you don't already, uh, and at Blades Analytic for Jay. But once again, thank you for downloading and for listening. Thank you. So joining me now, it's Jay, Blades Analytic. How you doing, mate? Very, very well, mate. How are you? Well, it's nice to not be hungover for a day. <laughs> it's a little bit, yeah. No, it's good. I'm still. I, I think it's starting to sink in a little bit now that, uh, yeah, we are Premier League. Obviously, had the parade yesterday, uh, the final game of the season a few ga- a few days before that, and the sort of celebrations at the ground as well um, after that one. So, yeah, it's it's becoming uh, it's becoming more real. I think, but I'm still pretty um, pretty high off it all. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's, I don't know. It's not real yet for me. I don't feel it'll be real till the fixtures come out. It just feels like we've we've done really well. I don't. I'm not seeing us at Old Trafford next year. I'm just not seeing that yet. So it'll be be interesting when the fixtures come out. I think that's when it'll it'll be excitement and also absolutely poo oneself's time. (laughs) Ah, no, we're going to show some more optimism than that. But that's that's further down the road. Don't worry. So yeah, today we're we're going to get to the first of our postseason content and what a season it was. And uh, yeah, today we're going to do. The Blades Pod Awards Show, I suppose. Um, we have a whole uh, gamut of different awards to get to. Um, obviously, we've had the sort of uh, in real life, like player of the season ones, which, yeah, we, we touch on a little bit, but um, I have had some great suggestions from people on Twitter for some slightly more unusual, innovative awards. And yeah, I think there'll be some good good talking points along the line here. Um I've got a few sort of like nominations, I think, for each one almost, and one I think should probably win. Um, and we'll try and let's try and agree a winner between us. And if if we can't, then I will just uh, have a, a casting vote <laughs> of myself. Um, but I think we should try and arrive at a an actual winner for each award. But we'll definitely have a few sort of nominees along the way. I think Does that sound all right to you. All good, mate. Let's do it. Cool. Um, oh, where to start? Well, let's go. Let's go from the top then. Uh, so, I was originally going to do best new signing, but then um, someone had a very good suggestion to make this into two separate categories. So, we're going to do best new player and best value signing as two separate things. So, best new player. I mean, there's there's obviously a few standouts here. Uh, Dean Henderson in goal had a fantastic season. Uh, won the Golden Glove Award for most clean sheets in the division. Ollie Norwood. 
Um, you and I have waxed extremely lyrical about his uh, his abilities, his performances. And also, as it came out uh, a couple of days ago, he's played basically the second half of the season with a hernia. I've not... I've not had a hernia. It doesn't sound pay- uh, it doesn't sound like a, a comfortable thing to have, though. From a few people I know who have had one. Um, not. Yeah. So that is a, that is a great effort, and it kind of explains a few things. You know, I've seen a few people say like, "Oh, you know, he's not been as good the last few months." Well, there's your answer. I think you know to still basically be playing every single minute of every single game and getting us promoted. Great effort. And uh, yeah, the other one for me is David McGoldrick. I mean, fifteen goals, integral, integral to our play, and just yeah, valuable uh, signing uh, for sure. So yeah, what, what's uh, what's your thoughts on those, or, or indeed anyone else you want to lob in? Um, it's a good one, actually, isn't it? I like it um, because it, it, I guess best because it's best new player. You've not quite defined whether it's all about what they do on the pitch or off the pitch, behind the scenes. As well, so obviously, you know, I think in, in recent months for his on the pitch and then in recent days for his off the pitch, Martin Craney goes into that category as well. Mm-hmm. Egan as well, obviously, has been absolutely massive in terms of a new player. Just, oh, I mean, the best defence in the league. A rec, you know, clean sheets, left, right and centre. You know, you mentioned Henderson. Egan's just as much, if not bigger part of that as well. He's often the last player back with Norwood when everyone goes, so it's really good. But my my I, I couldn't look past Ollie Norwood for this one. Yeah. Um just I mean the the sheer stats I, you'll see him tweeted out left, right and centre, but he's he's done it all season. Um so the most now now second to Matt Grimes at Swansea, but second in terms of most accurate passes per game, second to Pablo Hernandez overall for chances created. He has the third highest final third passes in the league that are completed. Um, what is it? Eight assists now as well. It's incredible, I, I, and I think the best way to to really quantify his impact is the difference before and after Norwood. Yeah, and it was immediate, wasn't it? The before Lee Evans, as we've already discussed, is, is an average good player in this league, kind of around the tenth to fourteenth mark. Going to not do you any wrong, but not going to take you up. And the minute Norwood came in, the whole ping in from left and right, providing us with a whole new balance of play. The fact he's defensively very good as well at winning the ball and mm. then picking it up and recovering it. Just, I don't. I think maybe because he has been that good and it was that long ago, we forgot how much he turned the team around. It was a good team before Norwood come. It was a very good team once Ollie Norwood started playing in it. I think that's a, that's a great shout. I listened to the uh, the Tifo football podcast yesterday. Actually, the episode about. Um what's happened at Sheffield United yes. which I strongly recommend everyone go and listen Good. to because it's it's brilliant yeah it's incredibly well informed and um yeah just just a really really enjoyable read but one of the things they were talking about was uh they were trying to explain our overlapping center backs and yeah one of the things they brought up was how you know the team rotates to cover defensively when one goes forward and Norwood as you say is such a big part of that an underrated part of it I think is that massively that, that defensive covering that he does I mean he's not like He's not a traditional midfield destroyer or anything like that, but his his awareness, his athleticism, his tackling is also very, very good. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you, mate. I, I actually forgot about John Egan as a new player. It feels like he's been here forever, so he didn't even make my shortlist. So he probably shouldn't have done, to be fair. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to go uh, Norwood as best new player of the season. So let's transition into the best value signing. So 
There's a couple other names to lob in here. I mean, you could say uh, Scott Hogan scored the goal that uh, got us promoted, kind of. Um, yeah. This is just filling it out a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I think we know what this award, who this award goes to, and it should be named after him, most likely. That's that's a good point. Uh, the other one, I just want to lob Kieran Dowell in there, not as a serious uh, serious okay. candidate for the award, but just, one just as a mention, an honourable mention, you know. Um, he gave us the opportunity to, to rotate and rest Duffy. He played at left wing back perfectly capably, uh, which uh, meant that we would have had to have Marvin Johnson playing there, which, as we saw, was a bit of a problem in the end, uh, and chipped in a couple of goals as well. So, you know, I think that was a that was a loan that worked out pretty well, I think. But, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. I think the, uh, the winner of the best value signing, it has to be Mr. David McGoldrick himself. Free transfer from Ipswich, 15 goals in the league, a phenomenal performance all the way through the season and uh, won the um, the Fans Player of the Year award as well as voted for by all uh, members of Sheffield United, I guess. You, you going with that? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, there's literally nothing else to add other than what an unbelievable piece of recruitment from a, a manager in his team who just do things like no one else. No one else was going to sign David McGoldrick at our level. No. No one. He admitted the phone wasn't ringing. Well, he had a trial. Um, he was on trial with us for about three or four weeks was, when he was playing all his pre-season games. No one else was picking him up. That's right. Um, astonishing. Absolutely astonishing. So, yeah, David McGoldrick, definitely probably the best value signing we've ever had, I reckon. He's, he's got to be up there, hasn't he? He's, it's definitely he's in the conversation, yeah. I mean, especially, I think we did we did the stats on the pod a couple of months ago, but the last three months, he's been one of the best strikers in terms of overall impact in the league. Mm. He completely, completely carried us over the line in terms of being a, you know, a striker as Billy's kind of dropped off with the injury and then not quite getting the goals and games he has played. McGoldrick's completely carried us over the line. He, unbelievable player. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was the one sort of, uh, the case for Norwood, I guess, is, uh, you know, it, it costs very, very little. So his resale value is probably, I mean, I would say it's probably five times what we paid for him now, at least. I, I think I think every signing we made permanently in the summer, apart from probably Connor Washington, mm. because it's a one-year contract, so he's probably going to get released, could go for more money than what we signed him for. Bearing in mind, McGoldrick, we signed on a free. He's now easily worth a couple of mil to someone if they wanted him. Oh, God, Norwood's yeah. worth at least eight to ten million. Egan's probably upwards of 12 to 15 now. Um, even Martin Craney probably goes some money if he's yeah. on a two-year deal. You know, it's everyone who we signed permanently has increased in value, not just because we got promoted, because they've all been brilliant yeah. in this brilliant team. So that's how good the summer's recruitment was. Well, I think, you know, we all kind of, not moaned, but uh, I, I guess we're not uh, overjoyed in retrospect with the previous January's transfer activity, but the same can be true there. You know, those were... I guess yep. middling championship players, but they they all moved on for uh, more money than we paid as well. Ryan Leonard, Lee Evans. Um, yeah, exactly. I suppose the other thing with Norwood is uh, it basically guarantees your promotion. So we spent two million for for promotion essentially. So that was that was pretty good value as well. But no, you're right. It's, it's David McGoldrick. It has to be David McGoldrick, the best value signing of the season, and indeed one of the best players of the season in the championship this year. I think. Um, I all right, moving on. Uh, this is another. This will be another easy one, I think. Uh, most improved player. Now, mm. I think. I mean, you agree with me here? There's only one candidate, I think, or have you got uh, a couple of ne- other names to throw into the mix? There is only one can. There's only one winner. Yeah. I, I think there is. Some, there is probably some candidates, but I will, I, I've got a caveat on the winner as well, Ooh. which is credit to credit to us two because we set up his club, um, if you will. <laughs> 
<laughs> we set up the hashtag end of defender club based on his stats last year, which actually say in terms of going forwards, especially he should have, his performances were actually limited by the people who were on the end of his crosses. Mm-hmm. I'll put it as in, in layman's terms as I can. He was creating good chances that weren't being finished. And luckily we have access to this underlying data. And I was able to provide that last year and that showed that Ender Stevens was one of the better left wing backs in the league or, or left backs. So I always felt you had this in him going forwards what I would say is he's the most improved for me because of his all-round game has gone on levels, mm. absolute levels. He's a rock defensively. So I was at, I was at Norwich away when, in the right second half, literally, our left our, our left hand side just completely like Duffy couldn't quite get up with play. Dal, you know, because we were going for the win or at least going for the draw, then going for the win. They left Ender basically two on one with Max Ahrens and at the time Stevenman who was coming across. They're probably two of the best players in the league. Mm. And Ender just kept, he was injured as well. He was limping in the last 10 minutes and they couldn't get past him. He's absolutely a rock defensively. He's obviously moved into left centre half when needs be and generally has been a bit of a rock as well yeah. in an unfamiliar position. He looks fitter. He's leaner. I mean, Look at Leeds away. Whenever we were under pressure, when that press was on in that first 20 minutes, we just gave the ball to Stevens and he went running down the line, beat a couple of men and set us off, took the pressure off. It's the improvement in Ender Stevens' game is absolutely astonishing. He's probably a six, seven million pound left back now and he was on a free transfer from Portsmouth two years ago. Yeah, at least. I mean, I would be gutted if we sold him for, you know, probably less than uh, twice that, to be honest. Um, Yeah, you're right. It's chipped in with goals as well, which we... Didn't really see so much last season. And, yeah, a couple of them have been really good, you know, really, really good finishes. I mean, you mentioned his energy there as well, you know. That goal he scored against uh, Forrest, for example, that was like an 80-yard burst to get on the end of that. Stoke away. Stoke away. I mean, bear in mind, they all played absolutely hanging, if not drunk still. (laughs) Yes. For him to bomb up in the 80th meter and get on the end of something and smash it in the bottom corner, where does it come from? Yeah. I mean, the, the thing for me is the defensive improvement. I mean, as you say, yeah. you know, we, we were pretty happy with him attacking-wise last season, but defensively there were legitimate question marks about his ability to basically go up against some of the best attackers in the league. And this season he's been unreal. I think he had a... I don't know if he had a slightly shaky start. I seem to remember a few question marks about him yeah, yeah, at the yeah. start of the season. And then Marvin Johnson came in and there was this thing of like, oh, you know, maybe maybe having some competition for that role will, will make him improve. And I don't know if that was a, a, an actual uh, causation thing rather than a correlation. Um, but yeah, it, was, it definitely did occur around that time, an incredible improvement. Yeah, as you say, when he filled in at centre-back, I mean, he did that a few times last season as well and it didn't go great. But then he was like thrust into that position in in massive games. Let's forget. Huge let's games. forget. Yeah. It was you know it was immediately after the Villa collapse. We had Borough at home. O'Connell was out, and then we had West Brom away shortly after that as well. And it was phenomenal. So yeah, most improved player again. One of the best players I think this season. Standout performer. Um, uh, fully deserving that award. I mean, I just just lob in. I think George Baldock has, has taken a bit of yeah. a step up this season. The output numbers in terms of goals and assists are still not what we would really want, I think. Um, we will, certainly compared to Stevens, but yeah, go on. I was going to say, I, he was my one, actually, in mm. terms of, you know, if you talk, just it's nice to put in two or three options, isn't it, on these yeah. awards, just so that people can see our thinking, see our working out, if you will. And uh, yeah, he'd be mine as well. Actually, I agree with you. Not the final, the final ball, the final shot, or whatever it is, not quite there yet. But he has added attacking output. He creates a, a more chances than last season. Um, he's more involved in the play. 
And I think he's just become a, a much more fully rounded member of the squad. You saw him leading in the celebrations. That's That sounds easy to do, but he's clearly integral in terms of leadership, isn't he, as well? And I think you've seen that on the pitch. He, he takes a lot of responsibility. His pace and energy down the right are very important. Mm. And I, I agree. He's been quite heavily improved this year. Always been a good defender, but has improved the attacking side of the game and, and also improved his passing and his distribution. He just seems to be a lot more involved in football. Mm. Whereas, you know, before it may have been just get off the end of it and try and work it across. He's actually involved in passing now. He's started to take up different types of positions and he helps the whole system just by him being there. He, he We said at the start of the season, we thought he probably... Freeman was more creative. He was the better defender. Mm. I think now in a big game, we play George Bulldog. I think that that's that's where we're at now. That is a, a very good way of putting it, yeah. And then the only other one to throw in there is Billy Sharp. That's yeah, that's I actually thought this. It's hard to say he's most improved because he's clearly scored goals for us and, and you know, we scored goals before, but I didn't think he was gonna get we said already, people know this because we own up to our errors as well as our <laughs> calls sure and we owned up to not thinking Billy Sharp would score more than fifteen and mm. he's clearly shoved it down our throats, so he must be improved, right? Yeah, well, I think he had 20 by Christmas, didn't he? So, um, yep. yeah, or thereabouts. Maybe not quite 20, but, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think it was I, mean, it was, I think it was uh, a better year than what he had in League One when you take into account the, obviously his age is a couple of years older, but, yeah, what we saw last season when, you know, he wasn't, uh, did he get 12 goals last season? Is that right? 12, I yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, and, you know, he missed, he missed quite a few games as well. Um, but, yeah, he played 40 games this season, and, yeah, I think he scored 24 goals in all competitions. So, yeah, I, I, I think I think he definitely improved. He, he took a, a big step forward this year, which is encouraging going uh, going into next season as well. But, yeah, I think uh, when it comes down to it, most improved player, Ender Stevens, which leads us into the Blades Pod Listeners Player of the Year Award. So, yeah, great suggestion by you. Uh, I chucked a poll on Twitter yesterday. It's basically like the the Supporters Player of the Year Award, but interested to see what the actual listeners to this podcast, uh, who they would vote for as their Player of the Year. And I'm very pleased that Ender Stevens picked this one up as well. So we had a short list of four because Twitter, unfortunately, only lets you list four poll options and I wanted to make it as easy as possible. So we had had Sharp, McGoldrick, Norwood and Stevens on there. And with 34% of the vote, Ender Stevens took the Listener's Player of the Year award just ahead of Dave McGoldrick, who had 33%. But I'm very happy with that outcome because that's who I wish I'd voted for as my actual player of the season. <laughs> so, yeah, well done. Well done to our listeners. And, uh, yeah, thanks thanks very much for voting on that one. Fully deserved, Excellent. Ender. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm sure he's not listening, but we will tweet him. Um, <laughs> yes. I'm sure he knows. He, he is, I'm sure he will love it. He has won an award in our mind and nothing is more important apart from promotion than the Blades Pod Listeners Player of the Year Award because our fans are obviously the most knowledgeable, right? They really, they really are. Very much so. Right, uh, one more player-based one. Uh, so this is slightly different. This is uh, favourite player. So this is personal to us. So I won't, I won't argue with your own choice on this one. Um, so yeah, I guess this is like, yeah, it's, it's not the best player. It's the player you've kind of, I guess, most enjoyed being a part of the squad this season. I won't say, I won't limit it to necessarily what's happened on the pitch. In fact, I'm purposefully not going to do that. Um, I mean, as you said, me and you were on board the uh, Ender Defender train for most of the season, so uh, I felt kind of personally invested in his success this season. That's been great to see. Yeah. Always yeah, love Chris absolutely. Basham, Basham Bauer, and he's had a, another fantastic season, a lot of kind of uh, you know dinosaur on roller skates kind of runs into the box. 
He's chip, chipped in with some really memorable goals as well, which is great. You know, even though we didn't actually get out of it, the the goal at Derby, um, uh, I pretty much lost my mind to. To be honest, I almost ended up on the pitch at that one. Um, yeah. And then obviously it leads as well. But yeah, my my favourite player uh, this season, uh, I think it's going to have to be Dean Henderson. I mean, his his off the field stuff has been unreal yes. and yeah, just he's just fully committed to being here and being part of the club as a whole, like. You know, it's community. Obviously, the players, the management, and yeah, it's 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 like a it's like a role model of how to go out on loan. I think and enjoy yourself. I mean, he's just played an absolute blinder for his career in terms of you know he, he's obviously improved a lot as a player this season. You know, he's been he's been excellent for us. I mean, the the fact that he's not even in the debate for player of the season is testament to how good the rest of the squad has been. I think maybe a little yeah. bit of uh, underrating goalkeepers as well, but yeah. It just looks like he really enjoys himself. I mean, it, it, I love his, I love his antics, you know, uh, on the pitch, and we, we actually have an award for that coming up later on as well. And you know, his connect, connection with the fans right from the first couple of weeks, I think. So, yeah, my my favourite player of the season, I'm going to give it to Dean Henderson. How about you? I'm going to give mine to Jack O'Connell. Hmm. So Jack is is my favourite player this season. Um, it's that's quite a tight one for me between Jack and Egan. Hmm. Actually, um, I, I guess I went with heart rather than head. My head's saying Egan because of the improvement defensively, but I just love Jack O'Connell. I think the whole system works. I know we've played without him in one games, but I think the whole system works because of players like Jack O'Connell, yeah. who commit fully to both sides of the ball. I absolutely love it when he bombs down the right because he's an absolute tank. Let's be clear about this. If you <laughs> ran into Jack O'Connell, you would bounce off him. Yeah, he does rumble he's, rather than run, doesn't he? Oh, he's not. I mean, he's not. You know, let's be. He's he can run. He's you know. I, I don't. We don't. Unfortunately, people keep asking this. We don't. Unfortunately, have access to all the fitness stats. What I can tell you from people I know who have access is Jack O'Connell runs the most in the team. He also runs one of the highest set of figures in the league. Mm. That's our left centre back. Um, yeah, exactly. Laugh. It's crazy. Just the whole way. I mean, there was times this season where we were bang under it as well. Away at away at Leeds, there was a period away at West Brom, Brentford, and just Jack. Just he's defensively an absolute rock. I mm. think he's underrated. I actually think he's underrated. I really do. I think he's absolutely astonishing, and I just love how understated he is as a person. No showing off. No nothing. This is a kid who could quite easily go in the Premier League next year, shine and play for England and. I love him to bits. I think I'm so glad he's at Sheffield United. I love how everyone loves Egan because of his off on the pitch and off the pitch stuff. I agree with Hendo what he's done with with Harry and and just off the pitch as well. He's he's a top guy. And I hope we get him back. But I love Jack. He's been part of this whole rebuild and, and it was a close one between Jack Egan and I have to mention as well just as a personal favourite whenever he does play. I don't think he's played enough. But Mark Duffy. Mm. Um, who I just adore watching play. I think you hear all the players whenever Duff's name gets called, they call him MVP because hmm. it, ju- it just ticks around Duffers, doesn't it? Look at the Ipswich goal, the first one. It's Duffy who does all that. It's yeah. Duffy who releases people. He never gets any of the credit Duffers, but we're so much better with him in the team. But yeah, Jack O'Connell, mate. I'm glad you brought up O'Connell, actually, because um, and, and you're absolutely right to say about this kind of slightly under-the-radar season from him. I mean, it, it's almost like you and I don't really talk about him much because it's like, it's O'Connell, he's amazing. We know he's amazing. He's amazing basically every single game. That's, exactly. why the, that's why the Villa thing was so shocking. 
It was yeah. like, what? He never does that. I mean, he, he plays every single minute of every single game almost. He never does that. And um, and yeah, when I was going through all my sort of nominations for all this, um, I realised I barely mentioned him at all in any of them. So yeah. I'm, I'm very glad you, uh, you, you've you lobbed is, him in there. This is why I said to you, let's put this one in. Because A, it's personal. So it's good, for I guess, for people to listen to what me and you like. Mm-hmm. You know, what do we want to see? But also... I can't have a running award ceremony where Jack O'Connell doesn't get mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> because he's over the last three years, he's been an integral part of this team. He's grown because he, he came and he wasn't what he is now, nowhere near it. In past regimes, Jack O'Connell would have sailed right under the radar and been missed after them first few games. Yeah. You know, he would have probably gone out the back door as quick as he came in through the front door. And he was he's just been amazing. I just, I just absolutely love him. I think he's so underrated still. Because he gets nine out of tens every week, we forget how good he actually is. Mm. Um, I just think he's so understated, and I, yeah, just a brilliant, brilliant player. Nice one. Very glad you brought him up. All right, uh, shall we? So we're getting on to some more, uh, I guess, a little more season reviewy type ones now, rather than individual players. Yeah. Um, do you want to do top three games next? Yes. Yeah. I, oh, I I'll have let you four, go first. Though. Yeah. I yeah. Go four. on. Um, we'll, so I think we'll, pick, t- we'll pick a top one so yeah lob, lob out your nominees don't worry about uh, okay. a, uh, order yeah, okay I like that I like that so we'll get down to one um, so my obvious ones I, I guess were leads away um, because of, of the tension the drama and what that game meant after it um, mm. Brentford, at, Brentford at home yep with the 10 then and I, I think we all agree on that one the belief and relief once Stibsy scored that header it was wow that that game was huge and and probably the biggest one I think everyone's mentioned and I agree is Derby at home on Boxing Day yes which was the first time we beat a top six side that season first time we beat one in, the, in a while mm-hmm. um, and it, it really after that game we went on a run I mean, you look at the league table after the 26th of December we sit atop it by two points and we only lost two games after that point so yeah. Yeah, that, that game did turn us around. But my fourth one was actually Norwich away as well. That's um, a good shout. And it goes under the radar, Norwich away, because for the first half an hour, Norwich blitzed us and they were sen- bloody sensational. Mm. They were, that's the best. I, I've got a Norwich fan and I'm really good friends with at work. And he said that's probably the best they've played in the first 20 minutes. Right. That goal they scored and they could have had three or four. And for us to stay in the game and then in the second half go on. And quite frankly, we were the better team. The last half an hour, we looked like the team that was going to win that game. Um, McGoldrick had a, a chance that was blocked. Duffy completely changed the game, but it was when Medin first started and, and he was very good. Dal was decent. And I began to believe a lot more after Norwich away because I think they would have blown teams away. And, and mm. we grit it out, stayed in there and, and then turned it on in the second half. And it, he said as a Norwich fan, he thought we were the best away side to come to Carroll Road. So that's good that, to that hear. Was a, yeah, it was a pretty big game as well. So they were my kind of four options. Nice one. Well, I've got one other to chuck in there, and it's 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 not one I enjoy mentioning, but you have to say the three-all draw with Aston Villa was a very True. very good game of football. I mean, and, and probably one of our performances of the season for eighty minutes. It was it was both our best, the best and worst of Sheffield United this season. We absolutely smashed them. It was it was yeah. an incredible performance, and we'll we'll get onto a, a a related award later on where this comes up again. But yeah, I do want to mention that, even though most of us probably want to block it out for now. It was it was probably one of the best games of the season. I mean, yeah, there was you know when you look down the fixture list now, there was you know there's a lot of three twos and four twos and. Quite exciting games in there, you know. The Norwich game was a two-all, etc. But yeah, I think the one for me uh, is Derby at home. I mean, yeah, yeah, it was as you say Boxing Day, so you know it, it was Bramall Lane under lights almost. You know, it was dark by half time, that kind of thing. 
there was a lot at stake. It was a very big crowd. The atmosphere was very feisty, uh, helped by, I should say, um, a refereeing Frank. performance that was questionable. And the Frank Lampard thing. Um, yeah, there was there was a big moment in that game where we were 1-0 up and McGoldrick uh, was about to tap into a basically empty net uh, and got brought down from behind. Uh, the referee did not give a penalty. Derby went straight down the other end, won a free kick, and Harry Wilson wanged it into the net. And you, you sort of thought that's... That is, uh, you know, that that could do us. You know, we never beat these top six teams, but we rallied back. We continued to pepper them. McGoldrick scored that fantastic lob. Clark got the finish as well. You know, Sharp scored against them. It was just a great, exciting game. Like, yeah, one of my most yeah. exciting games of the season, I think. And I was, I remember being absolutely buzzing coming out of it because I've been to, I've been to Pride Park earlier in the season, and yeah, you know, that that was a bit of a. A good performance from us for a while, but a bit of a gutting one. You know, they scored after 15 it, seconds or whatever, it, and then they scored late as well. Yeah, it was a flat one, wasn't it? Because we played so well in the first half, even though yeah. we were 1-0 down and got it back to 1-1. And we were playing the whole Blades way with, with Basham and O'Connell driving in the box. And I thought we were going to take on and win that game. And then we just fell away. And, and it felt like we had a curse against top six. It felt like we weren't good enough, didn't it? Even yes. on up to Boxing Day. Even though we were, I think we were fourth in the league at that point or fifth in the league it still felt like we weren't going to finish in the top six, despite what the data was telling us, despite our good performances, mm-hmm. because we just couldn't win these big games. Yeah, You know, we, we just couldn't beat Leeds at home. We couldn't beat West Brom at home a couple of weeks before that Derby game. And then Derby went 1-1, and actually Derby were on top at the end of the first half, and you just, oh, you know, you felt it coming again. Mm. So for us to really ramp it up, and it did help with, the, you know, some, some out, external things helped, but... After that moment, I've got to say, the lads, I mean, it's, it was the game where John Fleck really arrived in the season. Mm. He was utterly, utterly sensational, just smashing everything that moved and winning it and driving the game on. Did he with that great lob as well? You know, the, the bounce that was, is it going to go in? Is it going to go over type <laughs> thing? It was just, yeah, the drama for the, the occasion. The fact is, Boxing Day probably makes it as well because you're there. Yeah. And I, I was there with my family who don't always come to games because they're a little bit older now. So it was, a, it was a good special moment, that one. I think after that one, we, as I say, when you look back now, that game was a, was a turning point. It was. It was. Let, let's hold hold that thought for a future podcast. We're, we're going to have a, a turning <laughs> turning point special, I think, later on. But yeah, I mean that that's my that's my game of the season. That one, I think. Any, what do you what do you reckon? Yeah, I'd have to say so. It's really hard, isn't it? Because if you go to all these games, I mean, I was at Norwich away. We was at Brentford at home. We was at Derby at home. Didn't go to Leeds away. If you were at Leeds away, you're probably saying that's your best game of the season because of what it meant at the time. Mm. Uh, you know, going into the Lions' den, being quite frankly battered for a long period of time, yeah. And then the bash as well. It has to be bash, doesn't it? Just driving up the end and smashing it in. That's, I suppose that was great. But that me for me, that was more of a moment. The Derby game was, was, you know, in terms of drama and winning the game. That was a that was the one for me. Yeah, nice one. All right, let, let's do it. Let's do the downer one now. So let, this is the worst <sighs> worst moment of the season. So I've got a few, which is bizarre, really. You know, there are a few, well. there, there are a few, even though we just got promoted with uh, actually eighty nine points in the end. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, eighty nine yeah. points. So me getting rained on at the parade yesterday. No, I'm just kidding. Um, being three nil down to Borough uh, in the second game and and bottom of the league. That was that was a bad time. We lost to Swansea in the first game. I think we we're three nil down after about twenty five minutes. Borough scored from their first two corners. It was tear your hair out time it was like oh my god what's happening and you and I particularly uh, and people and there are plenty of fans like us we're very much in the like don't overreact this is you know two games is is not really a fair 
time to draw a summary of how the season's going to go, but the fan in you cannot help go, no. oh my God, we're going down. We're not going to get a single point this season. We're going to get relegated. And th- that was that was a low one, i got to say. That was that was yeah. a bad one. Um, the Villa collapse, obviously, is in there. Yeah. Um, losing to Barnet in the Cup, I mean... In some ways, you could make a case that this actually... In fact, you know, I will oh, make a case. It, it, it definitely helped. I'm not saying we yeah. got promoted because we got knocked out to a non-league team. That's nonsense. I mean, if you think that, that's, that's going a bit far. But not having to play those extra games definitely is uh, is a little bonus for us. I'm sure we tried to win that game. I mean, that's in some some respect, some respect why it is a low, I think. But yeah, losing to a non-league team, I think, for the first time in our history. I believe that's right. That was a little bit yeah. awkward. Uh, especially as they absolutely deserved it as well. Um, losing to Bristol City at home was pretty yeah. bad as well. But the worst one, uh, yeah. Millwall. Jake Cooper equalising in the 95th minute. Oh. John Egan had punched one off the goal line, did miss the penalty. And then, yeah, I knew the thing is, I knew Leeds were going to beat Wednesday that evening. I just knew there was no way we could rely on Wednesday to do us a favour. So, yeah, that was the moment I, I you know, I said, I think that's our automatic chance has gone. I'm, yeah, and, uh, I, I stand yeah. by that. I mean, it was you know it required yeah. an unlikely confluence of events. It, it should have been. In. Yeah, it, it should have been. You're right because it should have beaten been. Wigan. Yeah, it should have been the moment. Quite frankly, I mean, they've dropped off a cliff since then, but right and at that time, that should have been the turning point. That should have been the one. Mm. So I agree. I, I I won't spend any more time on that. I just I, I had one more in, which it isn't. It isn't. It wasn't the worst game. I want to make clear, just as in the moment, as in that ten seconds feeling of the moment. I also added the missed penalty against Wednesday at home. Uh, I thought you might have um, that. Yeah, just, just for the moment, if you will, just for that 10 seconds, because even though we were playing extremely well at that point, and I was still confident after the penalty miss we were going to go on and score, and obviously we didn't, but I was confident we would. It was just like, ah, oh, got him. Because yeah. you just think if we would have scored that early penalty, we might well, I, we might have gone over and got six. They, they, they were that. just about to say that. There's a big part of me that just wonders what happens if that penalty goes in. That yeah, is, that is a big what if. They were collapsing left, right, and centre confidence-wise at that time. If that would have gone in, the crowd on them. I mean, they were playing through two or more passes in any two goods they had. So mm. I could just think we would have hit them for at least three or four, and that would have been a beautiful thing to happen. But hey, hell, never mind. Yeah, uh, but Millwall, yeah, Millwall, the worst moment for me. Yeah, same. All right, let's do the best moments then. That's that's much more exciting. Go on, I'll, I'll let you lead this one. Um, so, so they kind of link to the games I think sometimes yeah. um, so so Bash at Leeds what a moment that was mm. uh, I went absolutely nuts in the pool I was watching it in Lincoln I went crazy um, like, like like an 18 year old on ecstasy I was all over the <laughs> shot at that point uh, I had one here it's actually which is not linked to the game as such because the game I guess didn't matter at the time but was the sharp winner against Norwich at home it was big yeah massive first result yeah, first home win, summer's, it was warm, hot day, wasn't it? Summer's day, and it was just, it felt massive at the time because we got over the line in a game that was quite tight. Mm. Um, there was actually something ha- happened in that game that will be in an award later on that I've got mm-hmm. a candidate for. Uh, I'll show you know what that is. Yes. Um, yeah, and then I've I got a couple of others, but just to kind of shorten down the list, I've also got as well, and it was a shame the result turned out as it did, but Billy's record-breaking goal as well. Yeah, I had that, uh, yeah. Which was massive, and the first goal against Ipswich, as mm. well. The other day, that 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 just that was a not for the the kind of drama moment, but just that sheer joy that it's gone in, and that should be it now. Yeah, because um, I think we all accepted as soon as we were one nil up, it was, we were going to win anyway. But as soon as we were one nil up, the relief 
and you could hear it in the celebration. The way the goal was scored as well, it was that was a that was a proper moment for me. I've got some others, but I'm, I'm sure you might cover them, so I'll let you. Yeah, go. I mean, I would have the O'Connell goal against Ipswich just ahead of the Hoga one, but mainly, I mean, a few sort of personal factors. It was just uh, it, I was closer to it. It was in front of the yeah, car. Yeah. Um, that one definitely was like the roof lift off. You know, that's it. This game's this game's done. We're promoted for it to be O'Connell as well. You know, as you yeah. say, the the guy who missed a load of chances for us last season, but you know, has improved season by season. The, the unassuming central defender to you know steam in, having had his uh, his little energy drink on the sideline. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was lovely. That was just um, yeah, I'm getting a bit emotional just thinking about it again. Actually, but yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. a you know just an overcome with emotion type moment. That one. Um, yeah, sharp breaking the record's a great one. Uh, how about the fan trying to boot the ball away uh, against Brentford <laughs> and ending up on his backside in the John Street stand? That was, uh, that that was, was good. That was, like, that was like the funniest, well, I say the funniest moment of the last two weeks have probably topped that, but that was like one of the funniest <laughs> moments I've ever seen until we got promoted and Martin Craney came into our lives. That's true, yeah. Um, and then the other one, I'm actually not sure where I'm going here as the number one moment, but... This one's in there. McGoldrick's second versus Hull. Yeah. Just dreamland. Yeah, yeah. Like, absolute yeah. dreamland. You know, knew it was in as soon as he hit it, pretty much. Uh, you know, the atmosphere was quite, again, quite feisty at that point because I got all the Blades fans in with the Hull fans. And, you know, that as we kind of talked about, that was the, the final stumbling block, I think, for us in the way of promotion. And, yeah, for him to just get us 2-0 up like that was, was an incredible moment. And, yeah, celebrated it very wildly indeed. Um... I don't know what I would pick as my number one. I think I, I think I'd probably have to go with O'Connell ceiling promotion. I mean, it's hard. I guess it's hard to argue against that one. But what do you think? Um, I'm I, I uh, <laughs> again. It's so personal, isn't it? Yeah. I'm I'm gonna go with Bash at Leeds. Okay. I'm gonna, and I think that's why it won goal of the season. Even though we've got that award coming in, that wasn't the goal of the season for me. Yeah. But it was the biggest moment of the season. Um, I think so. I, we'll talk. We've already spoke about this game, and, and the Brentford one was big as well. But just, I, I, I can't explain what that win did to us and did to them. Um, mm, true. And, and, and to be battered as we were, we were battered in that game. Yeah, we had chances, but we were under the cosh, defending for our lives, and to break away and the way Sharp just dominated. And I mean, it was a mistake, but the way Sharp was dominating Jansen and Cooper whenever it went up to him, for Bash to have the first half he did, where he was utterly abysmal, mm. frankly. Um, and then for him to, it just it epitomised Bash as well, which is what I love. You know, not always the, the greatest technical ability, but just an utter trier, never gives up. And in the big moments, he's always there. Um, and it yeah, it just I'm getting goosebumps now talking about it, to be honest with you, because <laughs> I just went absolutely nuts. Lovely. Well, we talked about uh, Janssen and Cooper there. Shall we Shall we get to worst opposition player? Yes. Seen this season. So now, one uh, requirement of this award, it must be based on a performance against United. So uh, one specific 90 or 180 minutes. So, yeah, I haven't actually got Jan- Pontus or Cooper in here, although definitely that they could have been candidates, I think. Um, <laughs> Michael Hector... For Sheffield Wednesday, I knew you were going to say him. I thought you might. Do you know that he won their Player of the Year? By the way, I don't. Is, I don't ever the... want to hear anyone tell me Bannon is as good as Fleck ever again if he can't even win their blooming Player of the Year and Michael Hector wins. I've got to. I've got to be honest. Statistically, he's been sensational. He's <laughs> the rock. He he's was so abysmal good. in that game, though. But he was good defensively, though. Oh, I don't know. Was he? He, he blocked and kicked everything that moved. Mm, I still think he's terrible. 
I, I think he's an awful. He wouldn't get in our team. He's an awful footballer. I've seen people like recommend we should sign him and stuff, oh. and I'm just like, go away and support Rotherham or something. That's just no, yeah. we should not be signing Michael Hector. He's just, I, but yeah, I get. I do get where that's coming from because I know you have a not a hatred but a pure dislike <laughs> of his footballing. Ability. I just think he's rubbish. It's as simple as that. I think he's rubbish, and I, I think he's rubbish based on that performance. And all right, I was I was probably. Uh, What's the phrase? Maybe maybe over emotional during a Wednesday game, as you tend to be. Do you think there's an over bias towards Wednesday? There potentially is, but I still think he's rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> you're not going to you're not going to talk me down from that one. Um, <laughs> and then a couple others. Uh, Yaku Mati of uh, Reading in the four yeah. nil. That was shambolic. Um, again, again, he's quite good statistically. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I mean, this is why I want to caveat this with the based on a performance against United. Because um, obviously there's loads of crap players we've come up against this season, but they're almost they're so crap you don't realise it almost. And yeah, these these That's were like expensive. say again, sorry. Yeah, they just blend in, don't they? Them really crap players. Whereas <laughs> you're you're pointing out players that are probably normally okay to good, and that just turned up against us and were useless. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that Michael Hector was okay to good. <laughs> <laughs> the Ben versus Hector debate continues. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Yaku Mati, I mean, he, he just looked like he couldn't be bothered at all. Uh, and I hate to, I hate to do that, uh, you know, always just lazy, that kind of thing. But yeah, he, he really, admittedly, we were like three or four nil up at this point. But, you know, nominally uh, an attacker didn't track back. You know, there were loads of times our wing backs just and midfield just coasted past him and he, he just looked like he was injured or something, to be honest. So he had a shocker. The other one, uh, Semi Ajayi of Rotherham, mm. who is, uh, I gather, pretty highly thought of. I don't know if he won their player of the season, but is definitely, uh, you know, is generally a, quite a, a well-regarded player. Did not look like a footballer at Bramall Lane. Looked like no. he had never kicked a ball before in his life, or if he had, the only time he'd done it was to kick it out of play. And yeah, I thought he, I thought it was embarrassing from him. I, I'm, I was stunned afterwards to hear, you know, he's been one of their better players of the season and. You know, maybe he just had an absolute mare, but yeah, he's he's definitely one of my nominees as well. They're all fair. Yeah, I'm slightly conscious I've picked three people of colour there, so I hope nobody. Uh, <laughs> I hope nobody's reading too much into that. Jesus um, I, I, I promise you, there's nothing at the heart of that one. Anyway, well, that's killed me. That's killed this is me. what happens when you have self awareness, you see. So, okay, carry on. I I now can't say my first one. Uh, <laughs> No, so I had three that I wrote down, well, potentially four, but definitely three. I actually did have Liam Cooper down for the mm. Leeds away game because I thought he was absolutely shh. I really shocking. did. He was awful in that game. Um, obviously made the mistake that led to our goal. Then they made the mistake that led to their keeper getting sent off. Mm-hmm. He was he, The two biggest moments probably of their season, he was useless at. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I, people put him in their team of the season and Janssen, uh, yeah, anyway, that's my opinion, but I don't think he's even a patch on Egan or O'Connell. Hmm. Um, I am going to put Wednesday bias in. Every time that Atty New Who comes on against us, he is absolutely awful. Hmm. He is a terrible footballer. In fact, I, I, no, I'm going to take that back because I use the term footballer. He is a <laughs> terrible person that imitates a footballer. <laughs> so I am not having it that he's. I mean, carry on paying him, please, Wednesday. Because I'm going to say, is he, uh, is he still under contract? Can they get rid of him yet? Well, probably because half their squad are, if not all of them. But I mean, just I think basically what happened is the end of last season, he, he somehow scored six goals because no one who played against Wednesday was asked, as was shown by this season. Mm. And they gave him a two, three year deal, which is fantastic for him. Ouch. Absolutely blitzed him. 
Um, so I had Cooper Newer. And actually, I've got to say, because I actually really like him. And he was all right for us as well. But Clayton Donaldson was terrible. Oh, yeah, bless him. Was, That's a good call. He's so bad, but he's just I quite like Clayton. He did a job for us. We know he missed some chances, but he also scored the goals at Sunderland that goes a win. And to be fair, he, you know, he got kicked a lot when he came when he was quite good for us and he seemed to be a really nice character as well. Mm. But just I think he's he looks very fit, but he's not a championship player and he's in the worst Bolton team area. He, 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 go and play League One and I'm sure he'll go and get ten a season and, Oh yeah, definitely. All right, who who's uh, who's who's your fight? who do you want to pick then for that one? I'm going to be controversial and go for Liam Cooper because it's the worst 90 minutes against Sheffield United. Not over a yeah. season, the worst 90 minutes. He was absolutely. He was the reason Leeds lost that game. Hmm, as a strong case, even though he wasn't on my list, I think I think I would have to agree. To be honest, I mean, the one thing you could say with uh, you know with Hector, all right, he kept a clean sheet. With Mate, they were like three or four nil down at the time. He didn't. I can't say he contributed to them losing that game. A jai, no. they were down to ten men for most of the game. So yeah, you've swung me. Liam Cooper directly helped us beat Leeds, and thank you very much. By that, by that argument, he fully deserves his place in team of the season. So well done, Liam. Um, all right, uh, what shall we do now? Do we do biggest surprise? So this could be um, good or bad result of performance or other personal to you. I'm quite quick on this one. Yep. I am surprised. My biggest surprise of the season is how bloody good David McGoldrick is at football. Oh, that's a good one. That is it. Yeah. That is. I, I can't. That is my biggest surprise. When we signed David McGoldrick, saw him in pre-season. I mean, the goal against Inter Milan was poor class, by the way. But oh yes, but, you know, pre-season he looked really sharp, looked good. At no, not just his stats. At no point did I think he was that good at football. The amount of just silky things he's done. Never mind the goals. Just the silkiness, the pass against Ipswich, which we'll come on to. The, some of the turns, the twists, the flicks, I, I've genuinely not seen. I thought Mark Duffy was the best player I've seen in my lifetime, technically, Ooh. at United. I, I thought that. I think David McGoldrick might well be the, in my lifetime, bearing I was born in 1990, I don't think, apart from maybe a Vazba Bokis, mm. that might be the only technical player I've seen that's better than David McGoldrick on a ball. He kills it. Every time the touch comes to him, it's under control, just about. He, he can turn in an instant, he can swivel you, he can croif you, he can step over, run with a ball at pace. There's nothing he can't do. Yeah, that's, that's a great shout. Uh, my biggest surprise is winning promotion. And, that's uh, a good one. And I don't have much to add to that. I thought it would be 7th or 10th, that kind of range this season. Finished second. Absolutely killed it, to be honest. I mean, you know, right through the season, we were kind of top by most advanced metrics. You know, one of the best teams in the league right the way through. But all the same. Uh, especially after the Millwall game, I thought we've uh, we, we've shot the chance to get automatically promoted. But no, here we are, Premier League next season. Going to keep saying it because it's still true. You probably win that one. Can't disagree with that one. <laughs> now those that can be one each, one one personal to each other. Um, I, sh- I missed an award that we should have done actually. Best, best, I, I, go best, on, best, opposi- best opposition player was missed. Yes, that's the one I meant to get to. So go on. Who's your who's your case for that one? Uh, I had three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had Burst and Selena at Swansea. Oh yeah, who I thought in the first home game, first game of the season actually, the first game of the season, he he was a bit a bit anonymous in the first half, but the second half just destroyed us with his passing. And down at Swansea, after the first twenty minutes where we kind of looked good, he also helped destroy us. Um, he moved, he moved to like a left back role almost, did. didn't he? And got yeah. on the ball a ton. 
just I mean Leroy Fur was probably the standout in that game in terms of dominating the midfield but Salina moving to left back and just progressing the ball up the line playing through balls and just getting them in dangerous areas destroyed us uh, I think he's a very good player mm. um, O'Neill Hernandez at Norwich mm. set up Rhodes' goal at Bramall Lane didn't do much more else than that but was brilliant in the game down at Norwich absolutely brilliant scored the goal could have had another completely destroyed Baldock played that day completely destroyed Baldock for the first half an hour eventually mm. George got hold of him but he was really good and then my final one was Josh Brownhill from Bristol City oh that's um, a good one who I really hope we sign um, I really do I really like him he's a brilliant box to box midfielder great technical qualities scores goals and just whenever he's played against United this season their midfield with him and Marlon Pack have, have really probably won the battle quite frankly I think last season as well I seem to remember Brown, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Brown who had a really good game against us at the lane last season as well um, yeah just to just to reiterate this is all based on a single okay, performance against United, against United yeah so yeah. I have three uh, different nominees actually Ooh, nice. um, it's two more from Bristol City uh, okay. I mean, not many, not many teams have looked good against us this season, to be honest. So it does well, narrow Vyman, it down. Vyman, I'm guessing. Yeah, Vyman, but um, so Vyman obviously scored a hat trick. You know, three three good finishes. Although one was a bit of a, a slightly fluky header, I suppose. Um, but I, I would say that uh, his strike partner uh, Deju, <laughs> I can never pronounce his name. That was one of the best individual performances I've seen against United this season. He was a menace, like incredible yeah. hold up play. Uh, you know, he, he really. He really pushed around our defence, and that does not happen very often. You know, great athlete, great touch, created a couple of goals himself. Um, yeah, really, really good showing from him, I thought. Um, funnily enough, uh, and, and you probably <laughs> you have to temper it slightly in the fact that our players were, as you say, probably probably hanging, but uh, Itabi for Stoke this weekend. Itabo, yeah. Itabo, yeah. sorry, that, yes. Very good showing. That, that is the only reason I didn't include him. Yeah, it's because of the fact that I can't judge that game as, as a serious game considering the fact that we just looked like we were just not bothered for yeah. long periods. But you're, you're right, he is brilliant. He's been brilliant for a long time. He's another one that if was available for anything less than 15 mil, we should go and get him because mm. he is, I mean, he dominated the game, didn't he? he yeah, he's really good. dominated the game. Uh, and then the other one, uh, Saeed Benrahma for his performance, uh, Bramall Lane. Again, yeah. you can say, well, he had plenty of time and space because we're down to 10 men, but... He was fantastic, and obviously we won that game in the end, and they didn't. He didn't score, but yeah, he he, he is another one. <laughs> if he's available for fifteen million or so, let's yeah. let's go get him because he looks a fantastic player. Um, I am gonna bow to you on Bursant Selina, mate, because uh, Swansea beat us twice, so that That's... is a that is a pretty good performance from him, and he was into integral. I can't say that word today. Is it integral? Integral? Integral. Integral, well, a third, a third pronunciation I considered. <laughs> Whatever you I, just said to those defeats. I, I like that, though. It was always going to be a Swansea or Bristol City player for me because they beat us twice. So for me, you know, those players who played in both those sets of games and played well probably had the biggest effect over United in the season, didn't they? So I, yeah. I could have gone I could have gone with Byron, though, because the hat-trick at Bramall Lane, regardless of how lucky the header was, was a great hat-trick. It really was. Yeah. I think Bristol City fans who we talked to on Twitter said basically that came from nowhere. As well, so yeah, what a night in the next. But yeah, no, I agree with that. Should we go? Would you want to go next? Let, let's do. Let's tick off a few quick ones. So best Thanks. save. Uh, okay, so I actually had uh, Dino away at Rotherham from the Ajayi header, Ooh, one where it's one. travelling kind of not top corner, but really roof of the net, and it's coming quick, and Dino reacts just so quick. Mm. Um, so I, I went for a Dino save because I just I don't care about any of the keepers. Care about oh yeah, no, I, I was only considering United as well. Um, we took an absolute. 
battering. Tasty that, game, that day, yeah. yeah. He was we, brilliant. He really was. Um, so I've got the the Henderson save off his own clearance versus Brentford. That was uh, <laughs> that was quick thinking. But now the, the real answer uh, for me is uh, the three on one uh, against Norwich. Where for some reason uh, nobody nobody decided to give their three players offside, oh. despite the fact they all were, um, and they ran oh. in and he made a fantastic save. And yeah, that you know if that goes in, we probably lose that game, and it's three defeats from yeah. the first four. So that was that was a massive one for me, huge huge save from him. Hundred percent. I'm glad you said that one. I wanted you to say that one because I have that award. That, that moment in an award for another section. So I didn't want to quite, I wanted to try and space out some different ones across the sections, if you see what I mean. So that's fine. Uh, I gave that for the award that we could do quickly now, which is the Keith Shroud Award for most contentious refereeing decision. Yeah. Um, okay, go I'm, on then. Well, mine was the Norwich offside at home. How? Mm. How was that not off? How? So, the, I mean, they sort of said afterwards, like, you know, oh, if it had gone in, then we'd have worked it out. It. And I'm not sure they would have done at all. They might have worked it out two hours later. I mean, like, oops, sorry. He had two hours. He had literally two hours between Steeperman getting the ball and running with it and shooting <laughs> to put up his flag. What was he waiting for? That how was that not offside? That was offside. Yeah, that, that was, was that, that was a shocker. I've got a few more in that one. So this is this is as you say the Keith Stroud Award for most contentious refereeing decision. Uh, not giving a penalty on McGoldrick at, at Derby at home, as we mentioned earlier. Good Sending one. off, but whoever sent off Basham, it might even have been Chris Stroud, uh, uh, Keith Stroud rather, uh, against Blackburn. I mean, it, it was two yellow cards. The first one was for a very good tackle, which he won the ball, and it wasn't dangerous. Yeah. The second one, the ball just hit him on the arm, basically in the wall while it was down by his side, and sent him off. That was bad. Um, the no penalty on Medine at Hillsborough, not great. I think that was my buddy Michael Hector as well, actually. Uh, yeah. I think. Do you know what? I think my one is the Ryan Shawcross save this weekend. That's a, actually, I completely forgot that one. That is actually, yeah, that's got to be one. If there'd been something riding on this, I would have been pretty annoyed because uh, Sharp had beaten the keeper and the man punched it onto the post. And uh, not only was it not a red card, it wasn't even a penalty or a goal or anything. So, yeah, that that's mine, that, I think. That could well win. That could well win. Although I'm, I'm still not sure on that Norwich one. Like, yeah, I've never it, seen the more obvious. It was literally, like you said, it was three on one. It well, I was, was three on one. I was on the cop and I was like, they're all offside. I can tell. I have the worst yeah. possible angle and they are all offside. How are you not giving yeah. this? This isn't even like, at least the sharp one travelled at pace. It was clear how ball, but yeah, he was travelling at pace. I'm, I'm going one. with the Norwich one. That's that's the winner because it was so obvious. Whereas, you know, people miss handball sometimes. They it? do, yeah. It happens, yeah. So I'll allow that. So, yeah. We'll get that one up. Oh. It just didn't work out, award. Yeah, so we didn't want to say worst signing, but that is essentially what this is. But yeah, the it yeah. didn't, it just didn't work out award. So yeah, I think there's only probably two nominees for this one, which is, I guess, testament to our transfer activity. But go on, yeah. I'll let you go ahead. Uh, so very quickly, I went for Ben Woodburn. Mm-hmm. Just I quite, did as well. We all had fanfare in the summer over Ben Woodburn coming and just didn't work. Literally, it's the award. I, I don't think Ben Woodburn is a bad player. I mean, he was on the bench last night, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> Seasons worked out pretty well, but uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, I think he's a very good player. I think he'll be a very good player in future. It just did not work out. Yeah, and I'm glad we changed. I might have been Kieran Gray suggested that as a name chain, a change to the award because I think that's more fitting. Because yeah, it's not. You know, we didn't we didn't spend money on him, and uh, you know, no, we, no, we sent we sent excuse me, essentially replaced him with Kieran Dowell for the second half of the season. It just, I think it was just the wrong time for him in retrospect. Like he was, yeah. he was not ready to play. For Sheffield United, and I'm sure if any 
there won't be any Liverpool fans listening to this, but I'm sure if they were, they'd be like, well, what are you on about? How dare you say he's not that? He's a Welsh international stuff. But honestly, if you watched him, he just didn't look ready. He, he needs another... He should really have gone on loan to, like, I don't know, someone at the bottom of the league. He should have to, like, Wigan or someone like that. And, you know, he'd have got 90 minutes every week. He'd have developed. We couldn't afford to carry him. I mean, some of the things I, he did were quite good. You know, he, he created quite a few chances in his limited minutes. Yeah. But but yeah, he just... Yeah. It was the wrong move for everyone, I think, in retrospect. I think more than that, he's off the pitch as well. I don't think he got involved. I think, you know, you see with this group of players now that they all get involved. They all have each other's backs. They generally clearly enjoy each other's company and have good banter. And I think he's just... I'm making an assumption I probably shouldn't, but I think he's probably still a child in terms of mentality. Um, I'm, re- I'm reticent to get on board with that one because I've, I've seen a few things kind of thrown at him, which I think are a bit unfair about like his attitude and stuff. And then when people are like, well, well, where's that come from? I don't think he's got a bad attitude. I'm not saying that. I, I think in terms of... I, I think he's admitted himself he's a homebird. And right. being away from home is not something he's experienced before because he's been at Liverpool Academy all his life. Hmm. So coming to Sheffield in a man's environment and in our squad, which is quite ruthless, let's be clear about this. Yeah, we, yeah. If, a, if a player doesn't fit, we get rid. Sure. So that, that, that's what we do. You know, there is that, that group, as much as it's very together, I wouldn't say it's clicky, but you're in it or you're not. Um, you know, Lee Evans was in it for a while, but didn't really work out. So we got rid. It's, yeah. it's just what we do. And I just think that maybe at this stage of his life, what he needed was maybe a lower down the, the league's loan if he was going to go out exactly. on loan. I think, I think his quality is higher up, you know, to our level, but maybe League One, somewhere maybe even closer to Liverpool, somewhere like, say, Wigan, where we can maybe travel and live from home type thing. I don't want to get too into that. But yeah, I, I just thought that he, he's not ready yet, basically. I think he, he would have been better staying at Liverpool for another season playing Premier League 2 football. Yeah, indeed. All right, the, the Connor Salmon Award for Worst <laughs> Miss... By a blade this season. I, I'm I'm so glad we've just had this. Con- it's quite hard this because I think the obvious ones are the McGoldrick misses. Um, yeah, but you're right. You're right. They weren't necessarily misses. They were either good saves or blocks. Yeah. So I I would have to go for. It has been confirmed. It was this season the Jack O'Connell header against Wigan um, at home. Yeah, because it was literally. I mean, it's, headers from corners are hard. That's why their xG is low. But he must have been a yard and a half under the crossbar. Hmm. So I'm going to have to go for that. Even though that's I'm, I'm, I'm balanced. I gave Jack a good award, so I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as you say with McGoldrick, I mean, at least he hit the target. I mean, the ones we're talking about, there's obviously the Wednesday penalty. Brentford was a great save. Rotherham was cleared off the line somehow. And I remember saying at the time, you know, if he keeps getting in those positions and he keeps hitting the target, he's going to score yeah. goals. And that's kind of what happened. But yeah, he should still have taken those chances. That's, that's I mean, what I was saying. let's put that in perspective. So McGoldrick in the last three months has overshot his XG. And overall for the season, he's still undershot his XG by 4.6. Wow. So he's underperformed what he should have done. And that is literally because of that run. Because they yeah. were so high XG, they basically built up a big thing he's been chasing all season. And we've seen it against Hull, the header, that long-range shot. Yeah. yeah. They would, you think of that, they caught it up. You know, So it, it, that goes to show how far behind his XG he was at one point. Uh, and Definitely. you're right, that that's regressed to the mean. He was in good areas, so he's scoring goals, and, and that's great. But... They were big misses, but yeah, I can't look past that Jack Hiller. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, John Egan has, uh, has missed quite a few this season. As a one at, <laughs> the one at Hull was bad. Uh, he was free from a corner and managed to put it wide somehow. Um, but the one for me, Kieran Freeman from six inches against Rotherham away. That's good. Where he, he somehow managed to head it away from goal and very fortunately Chris Basham's head was right behind his. So he, he inadvertently headed it onto Basham's head and into the net. But if Chris Basham's head had not been there, that would have been an absolute shocker because uh, yeah, it would have either stayed one all or would have lost 2-1. So 
Yeah, one. that's that's one for me. I think that was another like on the line. How on earth did you manage that? But fortunately, Bash was in the way. Um, I think it's between those two. Then what, what do you reckon? That one and the O'Connell I, one. I simply have to go for Jackson because we didn't score off it. I know we, I know Freeman technically missed, but because it was a goal, you don't feel like it. And I know we won the Rotherham game, uh, the Wigan game, but Jack's header was just. You like, especially at that time, because we've not quite got the goal glut from corners that we have now. Mm-hmm. It was a bit like, oh, we're going to score from a corner. Oh, no, we're not. Never mind. <laughs> All right. Uh, th- this will be a quick one, I think. The best tackle of the season, and this is not a reference to Martin Craney's um, Pereira <laughs> moment. We'll keep uh, it family oh, friendly and move on. This award is also known as the Johnstone on Jack Reedish tackle. It has to be known as that from from this day forth. That was, uh, I mean, that was one of the moments of the season. If we're being honest, we managed to make it this far without um, without talking yeah. about how we walloped Villa at the start of the season. But yeah, that was what was that? I was like right at the end of the game. Grealish had, you know, spent the pretty much the entire game sort of uh, flopping around like a, a literal fish out of water. And yeah, Grealish just, uh, excuse me, Lundstrom absolutely wiped him out. And I think also because it was Lundstrom, you know, the the much maligned Lundstrom of last season and the start of this season, you know, he just came off the bench to help us see that game out. And and boy, did he help us see it out by, uh, yeah. I mean, no, no, no Grealishes were harmed in the the making of this tackle, but it was, uh, it was a beautiful moment. Well done, John. Yep. Well done, John. Uh, Best pass. I've got, I've got three nominees for this one, but go on, I'll let you go. Uh, I, I probably obvious. Uh, Ollie Norwood again. I'm I'm low to calling pigs on a podcast, but yeah, Ollie Norwood against Wednesday at home, which yep. just oh, porn. Um, David McGoldrick against Ipswich, porn. Um, I, I that is. I mean, I I really dislike George Bulldog for not scoring off that pass. I've got to be honest, or at least just not not tapping it to the side and laying it in. To, was it Hogan? Was Hogan? It was Hogan, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. Just, 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 just knock it off and score because that pass deserves a goal. Um, and then they were my two. I have to say they were my two. Although I've got there's a couple of Mark Duffy ones I've got in there as well. I think yeah. it's hard because Duffers. Is, I mean, there was a cross from Duffers to Sharp for the the, the equaliser away at Norwich, which mm. people will people will downplay a cross as not being like a, a, a precise pass. But this this cross was precise. You cannot cross the Billy Sharp without it being precise. And it was amazing, but also the end of Stevens one as well. Um, was it Stevens for Sharp against Blackburn? Uh, yes, that was a great ball. Yeah, so a diagonal yeah. ball and he volleyed it. Yeah, in. That's, yeah that's, it. that's a good one. Yeah. So uh, I had kind of four. I, I didn't really know where to go, but I went for the Didzy against Ipswich one in the end. I am also going to go for McGoldrick. The other one I wanted to mention was uh, Norwood's almost freakish oh, outside of the foot yes. pass uh, against Wigan at home to play in Stevens, which ended up being Sharp's hat trick. I think. Um, yeah. I mean that was like you know the sort of the crowd noise was like what <laughs> how's he how's done he that done that's that? incredible so there's a few of those this season but yeah I think the McGoldrick through ball against Ipswich takes cool. the cake yes. on that one um, yeah. where do you want to go next uh, we've almost we're almost oh we definitely need to take this one the unsung hero award yes. sl- slash 12th man I was going to call this and that's Basically, uh, the 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 best non regular player, so someone who didn't play all the time but had a big contribution. Um, I think there's I think there's two nominees. I would say, but yeah, go on. I'll let you go first on this one as well. I've got one that you won't have. Go on. I think I think the obvious ones are probably Richard Stearman, mm-hmm. uh, who even before let's okay. So let's get past the banner. Even before what's happened in recent months. You see Stearman on Twitter and all he's ever doing is praising the boys. Yeah. Say trying to unite the fan base, you know, just just putting in the hard yards in terms of 
making it clear that he's a member of this squad that isn't behind the scenes complaining or moaning. He's ready. And then he came on against Borough when needed. Mm-hmm. And he's done that whenever needed and obviously scored the winner against Borough, which I'm so glad he did because he deserves it. And clearly he is just uh, an integral member of this team and what it's achieved because of what he does behind the scenes. He's, he's been promoted out of his league. He's a championship experience player. You cannot quantify what that experience is behind the scenes just to keep things knitted together, calm in, in bad moments. And just, yeah, I, I, it, I mean, he probably won it for me. Um, Martin Carini, mm-hmm. I think we, we all, he uh, become less unsung, actually. That's why I probably didn't give Carini the award overall because he actually had a, a decent run of games where he played and he played really well. The Obviously, the assist at West Brom, he came on against Wednesday away and was like Marcus Cafu. That's true, um, yeah. Defensively brilliant away at Leeds as well. Forget he played in that game. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's some astonishing defending. Very good attacking lead. Just learned the system like it was nothing new to him, and it is something mm. new. He's, he's a defender's defender, not an attacker. So really good to see that. And then off the pitch as well, especially in recent weeks, we've learned that he's absolutely bonkers. <laughs> it's really, Martin, yeah. Martin Crane is the man that your friends invite you. Like advise you, you have to invite on your stag do, and you spend the whole four days in Benidorm regretting it. That is how I describe Martin Craney because he's nuts. <laughs> he actually is. Did you have another one? I thought you said there was, uh, I did, there was I did, one yeah. that I wouldn't have thought of. Simon Moore. Oh, go on. So I think Simon Moore is so unsung. I won't say how I know this, or, or I won't pretend to be in the know or anything. But Simon Moore. I hope he stays, put it this way, because if you were to have a personal conversation with Dean Henderson and ask him who does he love at this football club, Simon Moore would be up at the top of that list. Hmm. Um, The support act that he gives without complaining, because goalkeepers' lives uh, as a number two are not great, are they? Let's be honest. You're not really going to get it. You don't do much. I know the Barnick, okay. But Simon Moore has been a great servant to this club. I think he's a perfectly good goalkeeper as a backup. I think he's a good championship goalkeeper, to be honest, top 10. Wise, you know, I, I know some people don't, but I do. But his character can't be questioned. He's part of the staff with with him, and I almost can't be part of the staff because he's he was he's been a support network for Dean Henderson. Can mm. you imagine how Dino must have felt after that Villa game? Oh yeah, true. Dino's got a great character, but don't get this twisted. Simon Moore and Daz Ward, the goalkeeper, they're all over him. They're bigging him up. They're giving him the confidence. You know, they're they're backing him up, and that's how goalkeepers work. They work in units, and I just think that he's completely unsung. And you saw that at Stoke away. Wilder made sure Simon Moore got on a, got some appreciation, and he's yeah. fully deserved for Moro. The, the squad love him, and that says all I need to know. That is uh, that's a great shout, uh, a very very good case, well made. I'm I'm going to go Martin Craney. Um, you know, free signing. I remember at the time it was a bit of like, oh, okay, you know, fair enough. It was like right on the transfer deadline, I think, wasn't it? You know, it wasn't wasn't one to get as excited, and he didn't play for ages either. He played like one game at Forest, and then didn't yeah. play for months. Uh, in total, he played 880 minutes and we conceded four goals in the time that he was on the pitch. So one every 220 minutes. That's a good effort. Filled in for Basham, could play right wing back. I mean, we've said it before, you, you almost didn't notice him sometimes. It's just that's how good he was at defending. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he was he was a big part. I mean, you mentioned the Leeds game. They, you know, he was a big part of that run of clean sheets and, Huge. you know, stepped in there at uh, the the point that kind of made our season, except uh, essentially that that massive run of wins. Um, so I, I'm going to go Martin Craney as uh, as the unsung hero slash twelfth man winner of the season. Do you uh, do you, do you are you all right with that, or have you got a strong feelings towards Stearman and more? Uh, I, I'm going to have to go Stearman. Okay. I, I won't spend any more time outlining why, but I'm going to have to go Stearman probably because Stearman's 
been here longer uh, and the fact that he was a starter last season and has been bumped for Egan, quite rightfully, overall. Um, but th- that, for me, players could take that two ways, can't they? Um, and a lot take it the opposite way. I'm not saying they kick up a force and complain, but a lot are probably not as involved as Stearman is. Yeah, and I get, I get the group's different. I get they're all there for each other, but it's players like Steam and like Crane, like more that make that because they're behind the scenes, just ready to come in, ready to do a job, but are generally supporting the whole squad in everything they do. So, yeah, I go Steam. Fair enough. All right, super quick to to finish off. Quick, so, quick. the Alan Alan Nil Award for best set piece. Uh, I'm going to go for Preston away. The block from Stevens, great cross, great movement from Egan, heads it back across. Uh, it could have gone in itself, but McGoldrick's there to tap it in. Just a really well-executed set-piece, and there have been a few good ones this season. How about you? I'm going to go for... There's a theme here. I'm going to go for Jack O'Connell against Rotherham. Um, oh, yes, that was nice. The low-pass-type corner from Norwood towards the kind of unrushing Jack from the edge of the box. A, it's a brilliant pass. B, it's a brilliant finish, but there's also a fantastic block by Egan on, in there on, I think, uh might have been a J, actually. But basically, mm. one of Rotherham's better headers who was marking Jack completely pinned him out, gave Jack all the space he needed to run into that left channel. Brilliant little pass, great finish into the corner. That's that's my better. That was a good one. The He's Beginning to Believe award for the most defining win or performance. Go on. Uh, it was Brentford. At home? Yeah, it was Brentford at home. Um, probably sometimes before that, I was believing that we were a very good side and would make the playoffs. But in terms of getting promoted, which is what we did, the Brentford one was, uh, at that time, if we would have lost that game, I'm not going to say that a lot, I know, but we wouldn't have got promoted. And with the whole 10 men thing, you know, for so long, getting battered by the shots, although not great chances, just, yeah, for me, that, that was a that was huge. That was a huge yeah. momentum continuer. Yeah, controversially, Aston Villa away was the point where I thought, geez, you know, we can probably get automatically promoted because we just went to Villa and looked absolutely amazing and you throw out that last 10 minutes, we'll be fine. Um, but I, I would probably say Borough at home, you know, uh, coming off the back of Good that one. Villa game. Um, yeah, just uh, we had some players out, big win against another top six team. So that w- that was my personal one anyway. Um, all right, mate, uh, just two very, very quick ones to finish off. So managerial quote of the season. Can we in, top? In, year, out, see ya. I think it has to be, doesn't it? The only other one is uh, we've had one defeat in 13 and I've got Muppets from Leeds talking about the pressure being on us. But yeah, in, in year, out, see it. It's definitely the winner. And then finally, the Hendo Cam moment of the year. So the best bit of uh, Dean Henderson antics, shall we say, you, this season. You say finally. Have we actually given our player of the seasons? Uh, no, I suppose we haven't actually. We haven't. All right. Although we talked a lot of crap about other stuff. Yeah, um, no, we, we can do that. As our, Hendo Cam, uh, I, I've gone for Leeds away. Epic. The pull up on the crossbar. Because the, 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 they've given him, we all know what they're saying, they've given him dogs all game. So just that was epic. Although, probably for funny comedy, the dive away at Wigan from Lee Evans' shot was outstanding. Was yeah. That was really well. That was definitely mine. Um, the only other one uh, as, a, as a sort of favourite moment was uh, the the last minute winner against Norwich at home and him, him running the full length of the pitch to celebrate. I actually thought it was a fan. I didn't realise it was him. Yeah, I thought it was yeah, a fan. Was... In like an, I was like, who's this guy in the orange shirt? Like, and then realised it's him who's run the full length. I know there's nothing hugely unique about that, but it was a it was a nice moment and one. I think that was that was a, a small part of that starting to endear yourself to the fan base kind of thing. But yeah, the the exaggerated dive against the Lee Evans shot that went about a mile wide was 
was uh, truly outstanding. All right, then, that brings us to, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, we, we're going to have to agree on this one. We're going to have to agree on who our player of the year is. So go on, make make your case. It is Ender Stevens. Yeah, I'm going to go Ender Stevens as well. I'm going to Ender Stevens. I was torn between, I mean, you're torn between everyone, but I was really torn between Ollie and Ender Stevens. Um, I, I think you can look at Sharp's goals and it's, it's amazing. Do I think that we would have got 25 out of just anyone? No, but we've got 15 out of a Goldrick and I think we could have got 15 out of another because of the chances we create. Um, so, you know, uh, for me, they were the, the top two. Um, Norwood for the impact that we've already discussed he had on the team. Massive. But I just feel like whenever we've needed something um, or, or just sheer consistency, Ender's been there. Um, you know, big games, like we say, leads away. Ender took the fight to them. He went dribbling down the wing. Just, just huge. The fact he's been versatile and filled in everywhere and yeah. the goals and assists. Statistically, he's the best left wing back in the league. Um, thank you for Ben Mayhew at Experimental 361 because your fantasy Premier League scoring system that he does on the EFL actually picks Stevens in the team of the season yeah. um, over Jamal Lewis or Gibbs or whatever. Brilliant because he should be. He is the best left back in this league. He's ours. I love him. And the Stevens. Yeah, I think he just won PFA uh, Player of the Month actually for the championship as well. I think it was announced earlier. Um, yeah, I, I voted for Sharp in the actual you know proper thing, and like pretty much as soon as I cast it, I was like, oh, I wish I'd vote for Stevens. Um, so yeah, and then you know you, you, that was about a month ago, and you know he's probably scored four goals since then as well, and chipped yeah, in with a couple yeah, of assists yeah. and stuff. So yeah, Ender Stevens is the Blades Pod Player of the Year. Um, That's right, a shock. Ender Defender Club. Yes, I know. Yeah, there's probably a slight bias there, but come on, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to fight me pretty hard to convince me that that's uh, that's just bias. Um, all right, mate. That that concludes the awards. Uh, we got pretty much all of them, I think. There actually, there's a few few others, but uh, yeah, I know now, we didn't have too much time. We can we can fit them in the season review though. The ones we've missed, we can fit in the season review. Yeah, we. I'm sure they'll all uh, they'll all get a mention anyway. So yeah, we'll we'll leave it there then. So um, and come back uh, hopefully pretty soon with with some. We want to do player ratings, so we'll definitely dive deep into every individual player's performance this season. And uh, yeah, then we'll we'll do our actual chronological season review coming up soon as well, which I'm very much looking forward to. But yeah, any any final words, mate? Uh, no. <laughs> what else can you say just enjoy Vegas boys and please don't die yes that's a very good advice indeed uh, alright mate as always people can check you out on Twitter at Blades Analytic if they're not doing so already but I'm sure most of them are by now but yeah thanks thanks so much once again for, for coming on for giving up your time and uh, yeah that was fun I enjoyed it a nice way to one of one of the first ways to look back at uh, a glorious season for the Blades and uh, yeah I'm looking forward to doing uh, plenty more along these lines in the next few weeks as well 100% mate you can't beat this class of 2019 can you <laughs> you certainly cannot alright buddy I'll speak to you later see you later Paul.